Good to see you all this morning. Thank you so much for choosing to worship with us this morning, whether you're in the room or you're watching online. For those of you who are in the room, would you please give our online television audience a big hand? Each year, we take some time toward the end of the year to really pray and assess some needs and set some goals, and at the end of this past year, we did just that, and we became aware of a need. Uh, there's a safe house that was established just very recently, brand new ministry in Cairo, Egypt, and they needed to refurnish that uh, safe house that houses women and vulnerable children, especially young girls. And their need was $20,000 to renovate that. We also became aware uh, that there are other local organizations here in the state of Alabama who do the same work. And so we thought, well, if we could raise $20,000 for the safe house in Egypt, that would be fantastic. If we could raise even more, maybe 20 more for the six organizations here in uh, Alabama, that would be even more amazing. And but that would be $40,000. But I want you to know that in one offering, in one offering, we not only raised the $20,000 for the safe house in Egypt, Hannah's home, we not only raised the $20,000 for the six organizations in Alabama, we raised over $52,600 for those two projects. So thank you. Thank you so much for your, your faithfulness and your generosity week in and week out. Let's just pray and thank God for all he's done. Lord, we just thank you so much for this Advent Christmas season that we've just gone through. We thank you because you have blessed us, and as you have blessed us, we have turned around and just try to be a blessing to others. We pray for these ministries, Lord, that this money would go far beyond just the dollars. We, Lord, we see the impact of it, how it changes lives, so we pray your blessing on it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, as we start this new year, I want to remind you that, you know, around here we like to keep things simple. Uh, we really believe that our vision is to be a church that fulfills the Great Commission by living the Great Commandment. It's really that simple. We just take the words of Jesus seriously. And if you don't know, the Great Commission is that we're called to go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that Jesus has taught us. And Jesus says he'll be with us through that process. That's the Great Commission. We believe we fulfill that by living the Great Commandment. Jesus said, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. We believe that as we love God, as we love our neighbor, and as even as we love ourselves in healthy ways, that we will reach people, we'll be light in darkness, we'll be salt, the salt of the earth, as Jesus has called us to be. And one of the things that's important about us fulfilling the Great Commission is that we have to understand and remember and constantly remind ourselves that we are a people that are called. The, the phrase called or calling or we are called is very important to who we are in our faith. And today I want to talk to you about the God who calls us. The God who calls. You know, many of us grew up hearing negative voices over and over in our head. It may have even been family members, people close to us, classmates, could have even been friends. But many of us grew up hearing the phrase, you can never be anything. You're never going to accomplish anything. One of the greatest lies on the planet today is that you cannot be who God has called you to be, and you cannot do what it is that God has called you to do. It's one of the greatest lies that's out there. And we have to be aware of our enemy's strategy. Satan's strategy, once you become a believer, is not to get you to not believe. Satan's strategy is simply to make you an inactive Christian. No matter how long you've been a Christian, whether short or long, 
What Satan wants more than anything is for you simply to be inactive. I think Satan's fine if you believe as long as you don't share that belief with anybody else. And uh, what we have to do, our task, is we have to learn to recognize God's voice. We have to understand that, yes, God calls each and every one of us, no matter our place in life or our stage in life, no matter how young or old we are, we have to understand that God calls each of us, and we have to train our ear to recognize God's voice when he's calling us. Because you see, callings start with a command. Callings start with a command. It's God who issues the calling, places the calling on our life. He speaks out to us. And then it's our job to respond to that calling. You know, in many places in life, whether it be career and things like that, a lot of times we think we're the ones doing the choosing. And we actually like to make the choice, right? We would prefer to chart our course as we're going throughout life. But when it comes to God's calling on our life, we have to understand he's the one that calls out to us and our job is to simply respond. And there's no better story to illustrate this than Luke chapter 5. If you have a Bible, go to Luke chapter 5. We're going to be in the first 11 verses. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. There should be a pew Bible in front of you. We're going to be on page 1023, 1023. This is an amazing story here where Jesus is calling his first disciples. And I think it speaks to us about the issue and the topic of calling. It opens up and it says on one occasion... There was a crowd pressing in on Jesus. But notice what verse 1 tells us. While Jesus is up against the lake or the Sea of Galilee, it tells us that the crowd is pressing in on Jesus to hear the word of God. One of the things that we have to understand is that God's call, his calling out to us, his calling to all people, God calls us by his word. It's his word that reaches out to us that really pierces our heart. It's not my words, it's not your words, but ultimately, it's God's word. It's God's word. And even though God uses human agents all the time, it's God's word that speaks to us in a deeper way. There's a difference between receiving good advice, right? Between receiving good advice and a divine word. When God speaks to us, it's not just something we hear with our ears and it goes in our mind and we contemplate it. When God speaks to us, it speaks not only to our mind, but also to our heart. Not only to our heart, but also to our very soul. It speaks to the core of who we are. And as this passage opens up, we see that crowds are pressing in. They're coming to hear Jesus simply because they want to hear the word of God. But God calls us not only by his word, One of the things we have to understand about God's calling is that God loves to call us in the ordinary, when we're doing the ordinary things in life, when we're simply going through life and sometimes unexpected, it's when God loves to show up and call out to us. The text says that while the crowds were pressing in here, Jesus saw two boats by the lake in verse 2, but the fishermen had gone out of them and they were washing their nets. Notice that. The context of this calling story here, Jesus calling Peter, as we'll see in a minute, the context of it is Peter's simply out washing nets, just washing the nets. How many times has he done this in his life? How many times has he gone out, fished all day or all night, come in simply to wash the nets? So many times we think that we have to be on a holy mountain or be in a sacred space for God to speak to us, but that's not true. While those spaces and places have their place, yes, 
God loves to speak to us in the ordinary moments of life, in the mundane moments of life, in the routine moments of life. Just as he spoke to Peter on this day while he's simply washing the nets, he also speaks to us. He speaks to us while we're cutting the grass. He speaks to us while we're washing the dishes. He speaks to us while we're cleaning out the garage. He loves to show up in these moments. In fact, just the other day, my wife thought she heard God speak to her while we were cleaning out the garage. We were out there cleaning out the garage. We had all this stuff laid out everywhere, and Emily just said, you know, you got way too much golf stuff. I said, that wasn't God, so I just quoted Jesus back to her, and I said, get behind me, Satan. That is not true. But the truth is, God does show up in the ordinary moments of life, and sometimes he speaks to us in the unexpected times. But God's calling on our life. He calls us not only by his word. He speaks to us and calls out to us in the ordinary moments. What I love about this passage is many times God's call begins with calling us to simple task. Simple task. God calls us to simple things because it builds our faith. It builds trust over time. Notice that in the passage, Peter's washing the nets. Jesus sees these two boats. In verse 3, it says, getting into one of the boats, which was Simon, that's Peter's, he, Jesus, asked him, Peter, to put out a little from the land. And that's what Jesus did. It says, and he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. Notice that Jesus' first calling to Peter was not to something big. It was not to something grand. It was simply to push the boat out a little further. And many times, that's how God works in our life. He's calling us to something, and yes, he wants to do great things in us and through us, but he calls out and asks us to do a simple task. And so many times, this is where we get confused with our calling. We think, you know, I want to do something big. I want to do something great. I want to do something amazing. I want to do something where other people can see me do it. I want my calling to be on display where Jesus all along is just starting out with, can you push the boat out a little bit? And the question that we have to ask ourselves is, are we willing to obey him? Are we willing to follow him and do what he says when he calls us even to the simple things in life? The story goes on, though. I love what happens next. Jesus asked Peter, would you just push the boat out a little bit? And Peter does. And then in verse 4, the text says, and when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep. And let down your nets for a catch. Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. While it's true that God calls people by his word, it's true that he calls us in those ordinary moments of life, and it's true that he calls us to simple tasks, especially in the beginning, it's also true that God calls to us in and through our work, what we do for a living. What I love about that line when Jesus is giving Peter fishing advice is that Jesus is giving advice into Peter's business. This is what he does for a living. This is how he makes money. This is how he provides for his family. And you see, God's word, God's calling affects all areas of our life. This is so important. So many times we simply want to compartmentalize our faith. We want to say, well, that's my social life and my spiritual life is over here. Or this is my work life and my spiritual life is over to the side. But when Jesus steps into our life and he begins to call us, it affects all areas of our life. You see, Jesus not only gave you the skills that you have, the talents you have to do the job that you do. He not only gave you the personality to do the job that you do now. He also instructs us on how we are to go about it. 
And here's the thing. I don't know if you know this or not, but I didn't go to business school. I didn't. I went to cemetery. I mean seminary. <laughs> My bad. My bad. I didn't go to business school, but what I do know about business is that when a business honors God, God always blesses that business. I do know that. And right here, Jesus steps into Peter's life. He's giving him advice on how to run his fishing business. And the question is, what is Peter going to do? How is Peter going to respond? So the story goes on. Jesus says to him, you know, put out into the deep and let down your nets. Verse 5 says, and Peter answered, Master, we've told all night long and took nothing. I love this. Think about it. When God calls us, he knows what we're going to struggle with. He knows that there are going to be things we do not understand. He knows that there are going to be answers that we want that he's not going to be able to give us just yet. But here's the thing. God calls us even though we struggle to see why. God calls us even though we struggle with how it's all going to work out. He still calls us. Just like right here, Jesus calls out to Peter. And he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to let down on the other side. Put your nets out into the deep. And immediately, Peter goes, you don't understand. We're so tired. We've told all night long. We've caught nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing. Now, right here, I don't think this is doubt on Peter's part. I think Peter is being honest. He's saying out loud what's running through his mind and what he's what's running through his mind is I really don't see a reason why we should do this I don't see how this is going to profit us anything here's what we need to understand 100% of the time not 99 not 98 100% of the time we will not know all the reasons why God has called us to do something please hear me 100% of the time you know, we as modern thinkers, a lot of times we want to know the roadmap. We want a GPS for everything. We want to know what the destination is going to be. We want to know what towns we're going to go through. We want to know every turn, left and right. But here's the thing. When God calls us, you never know where it's going to take you. You never know ultimately where you're going to be or where you're going to land. The question, though, is when God calls us, even though we struggle with that and we, there are things we want to know, when God calls us, the question is, will we say yes? That's the question. What will we do? In this moment, while Peter is struggling to understand why it would be a good idea after we've been out all night long, we're dog-tired, why it would be a good idea to go out, put our nets out on the other side, into the deep, here's how he responds. He says, Master, we've told all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. At your word. Peter's saying, you know, I don't understand it all. I, I don't even agree. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm discouraged. I've caught nothing, but at your word, I'll let down the nets. When God calls us, please know, he's going to call you, even though he already knows that you're going to struggle with it. He already knows. But here's the thing we learn. If we will say yes if we will say, God, at your word, I'll still put down the nets, what we will discover is that God's calling always brings blessing. 
Notice what happens next. Peter says, Master, we've told all night, took nothing in, but at your word I'll let down the nets, verse 6. And when they had done this, they took in a large number of fish and their nets, so large, their nets were breaking. That's God's blessing. So many times, so many times, we are just like Peter. Whenever we think about God calling us to do something, whenever we think about God calling us to serve in some way, all we think about is the burden. All we think about is how tired we are. But if we would dare say what Peter said on this day, at your word, I'll let down the nets, all we're going to do is see God bless us in amazing ways. And the key to this, the only way to see that blessing is to simply be obedient. There are people walking all over the planet right now. There are Christians walking all over the planet right now, and they never live life blessed. They never live life fulfilled or flourishing in their life simply because they never said that first yes to Jesus whenever he called out to him. Yes, they say they believe. Yes, they, want, they believe that Jesus died for their sins. He rose for their salvation. But when Jesus has called them to do something in some way, they're not fulfilled because they stopped saying yes to him. And even though God's calling in our life is never convenient, it's always costly, it's always going to cost you time, energy, effort, it's always going to cost that, but there's always blessings in it if we would dare say yes. But here's the thing about God's blessing. Please hear me here. The thing about God's blessing is that God's blessing is never just for you. You see, when God calls us, God's calling on our life is not just experienced by us. God's calling on our life is experienced by those around us. So many times when we think about doing what it is that God's calling us to do, we think about things like, how much time is this going to require? How is this going to affect my relationships? How is this going to affect my family? Those kind of questions we start asking. But when God calls us to do something, not only does he bless us, he begins to bless those who are around us, those who experience God's calling through us, because as God is blessing us, he blesses those around us. Notice what happened in the text. They bring in this large number of fish in verse 6. Their nets are breaking. Verse 7, they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help. And they came and filled both boats so that both boats began to sink. Do you see it? Because Peter said yes on this occasion to Jesus, not only was he blessed with the largest catch of his life, but also his friends, his partners in his fishing business came over and they were blessed simply because Jesus said, I mean, Peter said yes to Jesus in this moment. And that's the thing about our calling. The calling on our life is never just about us. I'm not sure Peter thought Jesus could fill one boat on this day. But Jesus didn't want to fill one boat. Jesus wanted to fill two boats on this day. And so many times we walk around, we hear God, we hear God, we feel God prompting us to do something, to be a part of something, but we only think about the burden, we don't think about the blessing. But we're not only robbing ourselves from a blessing, we're robbing other people from a blessing. Because we have a God who can fill two boats when we don't think he can fill half of one. But he loves doing that. And when God calls you, he's not just thinking about you. He's thinking about all the other people who are going to be blessed by you and through you because his blessing is on your life. And this is why God's calling is humbling. When God calls us and we answer that call, it's always humbling. 
That's why we see Peter's response in this moment. Both boats are beginning to sink. Verse 8, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees and said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. What a response. Peter sees a miracle, a catch like he's never seen before. And in this moment, his response to this miracle is, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. You see, when God calls you to do something, he does not call you to do something in your power. Peter's power got him no fish, right? When God calls us to do something, God calls us to do what, o- what can only be done by God's power. He calls us to, in obedience, step out into situations, cast our nets out into the deep, into the unfamiliar, to cast our nets out and simply watch how he can move. And that's why God's calling is always humbling because it's never just about us. And it's amazing what we see, which is why God's calling is always overwhelming. Notice that in this moment, Peter falls at Jesus' knees. He says, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Verse 9, he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch they had taken in. They were absolutely astonished. Another way of saying it is they were completely overwhelmed by what God could do, by what they saw God do in this moment. I had a friend call me the other day, and we had not talked in a while, and I was telling him about the church, and he said, well, do you guys do anything like in local ministry? I said, well, uh, yeah. He said, well, we're looking for some ideas. Can you tell me what y'all do? And I started talking about Transformation Montgomery and listing other things that we do here locally and ways that we're a part. And to be honest with you, when he asked me the question, it took me a while. I had to kind of write down a list because I was just so overwhelmed by everything that does go on and all the ministry that you are a part of. And then he asked me, he said, well, do you do anything globally? You know, it sounds like you're doing a lot locally. Do you do anything outside the United States? And again, I was like, well, hang on, I have to think about that for a minute because we're doing so much. It's absolutely amazing that whenever we're obedient, whenever we go where God is leading us, where God is calling us, that we get to see God move in amazing ways. And it's always overwhelming. Not underwhelming, it's overwhelming. It humbles us right where we are, if we'll dare say yes, because we see how great God is, but then it's just, it overwhelms our heart and mind to see how good God is in all that he does. I remember after I got off that phone conversation, I just sat there and I said, God, thank you so much. Thank you so much for what you do through your people here at Frazier. It's just absolutely overwhelming, just like on this day. But here's the thing, here's the thing. Even though God calls us by his word and he calls us in the ordinary moments of life, he calls us to simple tasks, he calls us in our work, he calls us even though we struggle, even though he calls us and he blesses us and those around us and that's humbling and that's overwhelming, ultimately God calls us to this point, what he says to Peter next. God's ultimate calling on our life always leads us to share the ultimate blessing in our life with others. In this moment, after Peter falls down, he says, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. While his friends are standing around, their minds are completely blown by what Jesus has done. Jesus looks at Peter and he says, he says, don't worry and don't be afraid. He said, from now on, you're gonna be catching men. You're gonna be fishers of men. You see, we have a savior That's what we believe. It's the core of our faith. We have a Savior, but that Savior is not just my Savior. He's the Savior of the world. 
And here's the thing. God gives us a gift in the Savior of the world. God gives us a gift we cannot keep for ourselves. In fact, one rule of the kingdom is you cannot keep what the king gives you. You have to give it away to others. Ultimately, that's our calling. While God calls us in many ways, in many places, to do many things, ultimately our calling is to give away the greatest gift that we've been given. and That is the revelation of who the Savior is. Because he's not just mine, he's the Savior of the world. And when Jesus says these words to Peter, the question in this moment, it's as if time slows down and the question in this moment is what is Peter going to say? And he responds in verse 11 and says, it says, when they had brought their boats to land, record number of fish, best payday of his life, they brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. You see, when it comes to God's calling, one of the things we have to realize is that God call, God's calling, God's calling always calls for everything, everything. Whenever I'm talking to someone, I know pretty quickly if they understand what God's calling means. I can tell by their language because people who understand God's calling on their life, they rarely use the word my. They don't use language like my job, my money, my things. They use different language. They understand that everything that I have is actually God's, and I'm just here to steward it. And everything that I have is laid at God's feet, and actually he can instruct me on how to use it however he sees fit. One of the most amazing men I've ever met in my life, he worked for NASA for many years, literally built rockets. His name was Roger. Roger was just an amazing, humble man, went all around the world, China, everywhere, serving God. He would take his vacation time just to go on mission trips. He saw amazing miracles take place. Roger came to this place in his life, and he loved fishing. He wanted to buy a boat, and so he asked God, God, can I have a boat? And as he began to talk with God about that, he, he, he found the right boat. God brought him the right boat. He paid for it, paid cash for it. This is just the right boat that God wanted him to have. And he dedicated that boat. He said, God, this boat is not just going to be for my enjoyment. I'm going to use it for your glory. So Roger, every time he would go fishing, he never went alone. And the two kinds of people that he would take fishing with him are, number one, people who have never been fishing before because he wanted to teach them. But number two, he would take people who did not know God. His strategy was, I get them on a boat, they can't go anywhere right? And it's amazing to hear Roger talk about the stories. Oh, he's caught a lot of fish in his life, don't get me wrong. But it's amazing to hear about the men and women and teenagers and children who've accepted Christ simply because Roger would take them fishing. It's amazing. And all Roger was saying was, everything I have, God, is yours. However you want me to use it, I'll use it for your honor and your glory. See, the thing about calling, I told you in the beginning, is that it starts with a command. God gives the command, we respond. But calling is ultimately grounded in conviction. What do we really believe? What do we really believe? It's grounded in conviction. See, the, the key point of this story is when Peter responds to Jesus. Peter responds to Jesus when he says, cast out into the deep, put down on the other side. 
Peter's response was, at your word, I'll do it. At your word, I'll do it. The question is, are we willing to say the same thing? Peter could have said, well, because of my knowledge, I'm not going to do it. I'm the professional fisherman here. This is my business. I know what to do, Jesus. Peter could have said, because of my recent experience, it wasn't so good, but because of my recent experience, I'm not going to do that. But Peter didn't trust his own knowledge. He didn't trust his own experience. He simply said, Jesus, at your word, I'll put down the nets. One of the amazing things about this story to me is that in the first century, the first century, rabbis did not choose students. Students chose rabbis. They chose their teacher. But in this story, Jesus is going around choosing. He's beginning to choose his disciples. While we're in this journey of life along the way, he's choosing his disciples and he's inviting them to come follow me, which tells me that God believes in those he chooses. He believes in those that he calls. And that's why I believe he speaks to us. That's why I believe he calls out to us. And here's the thing, guys. I believe that God believes in you. I believe that's why he's speaking to you. I believe that's why he's giving you opportunities in life. I believe that's why he's giving you an opportunity to know him and serve him. God believes in you. The question is, do you believe in yourself enough to follow him? Some of you have just been listening to that negative tape in your head. Some of you don't even know what a tape is. I get it. <laughs> but some of you have been listening to that negative feedback in your head. It's been in your head, in your heart, in your life for a very long time. You don't have to listen to that anymore because God says, I want you. I choose you. I want you to come and follow me. There's something that I want you to do and to accomplish. And the question is, is will we simply say what Peter said that day? Lord, at your word, because you said, I'll cast out into the deep, I'll cast out into the unknown, and I'll let down the nets. That was Peter's response. The question is, what is mine and what is yours? Amen? Father, let it be so with us. Lord, I pray that you would help us say those simple words that are so life-changing. Lord, at your word, I'll do it. Lord, right now all over the room, people watching online on television, Lord, I believe that your spirit is moving and you are speaking to people's hearts. And Lord, some of us, because of the negativity we've heard in our life, because we've been told we'd never amount to anything, we'd never accomplish anything, some of us have thought that we could never do anything great for you. Lord, I pray that we would replace that with your words where you tell us that we are your beloved we are dearly loved by you. We are saved. We are redeemed. We are called. And Lord, I pray that all over this room, for those watching, that you would give us the boldness that as we stand and sing the next song, we would simply say, at your word. At your word, I'll do it for your honor and your glory. Lord, give us that kind of boldness. I pray it in Jesus' good and powerful name. And everybody said,